Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. Isn't he good? Amen. You may be seated. How many are so thankful that God is a faithful father? Amen. How many know that if God can take care of the grass, he can take care of you? Amen. Is that what Jesus said? Amen. Aren't you glad we have a father that provides for us? Amen. Defends us, loves us. Amen. And just is just absolutely on our side. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you you're on my side this morning. Amen. So we're so thankful for that. Thank you for joining us today, coming and showing up. Some wonderful faces that are here today and, and uh, just everybody looks great. Everybody looks happy. That's good, isn't it? Amen. You got to be happy in church, don't you? Amen. Our church anyways. But I uh, wanted to say, of course, big happy Father's Day to everyone. And maybe you're not here joining us and maybe you're online, but happy Father's Day to you. We just pray that God blesses you wherever you are today, however you're listening. Um, God blesses you and your family. And uh, how many know whatever state our family is, God can bless it. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. I'm excited about what he's doing and, and excited about this Father's Day. And uh, I'm just so excited as well because... You know, just when I thought that uh, I had gotten a lot and, and been blessed lately, my wife surprises me today and gets me something awesome. So she's, she really knows how to just make Father's Day special. So I really appreciate that. Can we turn in our Bibles today to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15? I want to just share with you just a little bit, and I'm going to try to, you know, kind of get through this and share my heart as well about something that I really feel that may be really encouraging you today. And it's not in any way to, you know, kind of condemn anybody or, or make people feel awkward, but to encourage and to build up. And so I really want to just talk to you today about Father-filled homes. Father-filled homes. Amen. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, uh, 15, sorry, very familiar passage of Scripture. Joshua stands up and declares, he said, I'm reading out of the NIV, he says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves today who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors that you served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living right now. This culture is what he's saying. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I love the fact that it was Joshua that stood up and said this about his family. And he declared something about his family and he said, My house is going to be a father-filled home. Amen. And, he, and I believe that, how many believe that if we have a father-filled home, you can have a faith-filled home? Amen. And so I want to share with you today about a father-filled home. One of the things that we really stress here at our church and one of our core values is we stand for strong marriages and families. That's one of our core values that not just is on the wall out back and in our growth track, but we really firmly believe that, that we stand for strong families and marriages. And we believe that it is uh, really the core of the church and the core of our faith in a lot of ways. The Bible says that it's like Christ in the church. Marriage is like Christ in the church. And how many know that when God designed marriage and God instituted marriage, He looked down and said it was very, very good. Amen? Right? And so I just wanted to just share that that's kind of one of our core values, simply not just because we wanted to make something up, but because we believe that this is something that absolutely builds the church, strong families and marriages. And so we want to encourage you today to build your, your family, build your marriage, and uh, so it's built on the principles of God. But, you know, I've, I just wanted to share, I, I think that I've noticed in the last, probably the last 10 years, that there is a, a bigger pandemic 
and that has a higher casualty rate than we've really seen and really paid attention to. And, and really what it is, is it's the, um, the, the dissolving of fathers in the home. It's the absence of fathers in the home. It's a bigger pandemic than, than we've ever seen before, and it's got higher casualty rates than we ever can imagine, and that is a father absent home. And I know that there's many here today that you've experienced a father absent home. And, and this isn't to condemn or, or make anybody feel uh, you know, lesser, but this is to show what God's design is. How many know God's design is to have father-filled homes? Amen. And so we, we know this and we also see that there is an annihilation of the family and a de, de, kind of a dismantling of gender. Uh, but how many know there's a move of the Spirit that is bringing father-filled homes? God is moving in our city, and I declare it over our city, that God is going to bring marriages together, build strong families on the foundational principles of the Bible, and we're going to see strong marriages in the city. Come on, amen? And we believe in strong marriages. We believe in father-filled homes. And if you can have a father-filled home, you can have a faith-filled home. And so I want to encourage you today to have a father-filled home. Amen. One of the things we have to realize as Christians and understand that I've come to understand is that I'm not here to establish an organization. I'm not here to try to build or establish a religion. I'm not here to try to build or establish, uh, you know, a club and we're seeking for members. Come on. And, you know, and we just want you to pay your dues every Sunday. No, we're here to present and to live out the kingdom of God. Right? And the kingdom of God is built on the word of God. And the word of God is built on the desire of God and the design of God. How many can say amen to that? And you know, one of the things about God's design is that God designed children to be parented. He designed children. All of us when we were kids, He designed us to be parented. We needed to be parented. We have to have parents. Is that correct? Amen. And, and we know that men and women, they parent in different ways. But you know, you have to have a mom, don't you? You have to have a dad, don't you? I got quiet on that one. This is Father's Day. You can say amen. That's a big amen. amen. We have to have dads. You have to, in fact, you're genetically made up of a mother and a father. In your body, it's in your DNA that you have a mother and a father. Is that correct? Amen. And it just expresses our need for a natural father and a natural mother together in our lives. And I believe that this is what God wants to do. And even though we parent in different ways, they're both needful. And uh, so today you may be a biological dad, you may be a stepdad, you may be a parent by fostering or adoption or mentoring, but nevertheless, God's Word uh, is for you today. Is that right? Amen. And He wants you to be a father-filled home or have a father-filled home or be a present father. Amen. And how many are thankful if you've, you've been blessed to have a father that's been present, present in your home? You were blessed. He, he wasn't, as you said today, he wasn't perfect, but he was present. So that was a good start, wasn't it? And so some of us can say amen to that. One of the things I love about the Word of God is all through the Bible, but especially Psalms 128 and Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, and it gives us uh, the effects of a father or a man who, who chooses to be a father and how it affects his children from gen for generations and generations. A good father will affect generations. And how many know God's into generations? Amen. God wants your children to be blessed. God wants your grandchildren to be blessed. Amen. And so that's what God's intention, intention and His desire and His design's about. And God designed children to be parented by a mom and a dad. Amen. And so the biblical principles that we see and the design that we see is, number one, a father present. Number two, a father active. And number three, a father leading. 
That's God's design. That's God's way. How many want to walk in God's way? Amen. I want what God wants. And so I can, I can just tell you right now that if we have father-filled homes, you can have a faith-filled home. And so I want to share that with you today. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we do face, especially now in our day and our time, a war in our culture. Do you know, uh, there was a poll taken recently, and I'm going to probably throw out a lot of statistics to you today, and I'll give some references but um, just to prove a point. But 72% of Americans a few years ago, it was polled, 72% of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant social problem and family problem that is facing our country today. And yet in the last 10 years, it has not been one of the topics of discussion. It has not been on the top of the list. It's been other things. And I think that we need to, as the church, realize that this is a, a major uh, problem. Is that right? But how many know we've got a major answer? To a major problem. We've got a big answer to a big problem in our culture. But there's a culture war, isn't there? And three things I see that are actually opposite of God's design is a father absent. Number one, a father absent. We see this in our culture. In fact, you know, we, we can say that, that moms are, single mothers are powerful and strong, but even the most heroic woman can't put, put you know, be in the place of a father. Right? And so I, I, I've just been thinking about this and, and seeing this in our culture and our society. And one of the things I also realize is that when we intentionally deprive any child of a mother or a father, now intentionally, I'm not talking about the exception of a death of a parent or divorce, I'm talking about intentionally uh, deprive any child of a mother and father, that is a type of abuse. Because we need a mother and we need a father. Amen? Some of you, your, your drill sergeant was like a father to you. Some of you, there was a mentor in your life that was a father or somebody was a mother to you. I, that, that's, God, God does that. How many know God's faithful to bring people that will fill the gaps in your life? Amen? I believe that. But let me just say this, that every child that has a father and mother, uh, when, when that figure, when those figures are missing, there is a narrative that is experienced as pain, as loss, and at times, shame. There is something that happens when we lose that member, when we lose that uh, part of our lives. And I feel that our society is now kind of encouraging a father to be absent. Right? And so I believe that you know, single parenting and divorce, they've always been uh, understood as broken marriage or a separation of marriage or something that a breakdown of the marriage ideal or design and so we understand this but let me just also say that in our culture that it is uh, same-sex parenting is becoming almost the norm or wants to be the norm but you know if you look in, and read and even study they're coming out with with more studies now than ever that children suffer from anxiety depression and suicide two to three times higher from same-sex partners as children from married partners or opposite-sex partners. How many know God's way works? God's way works. And we're trying to pass it off that we can, be, we can go against God's design. We can go against biological design. We can go against what God set in motion. But how many know when we do what God wants us to do, there's blessing, right? There's purpose. There's a continuance of life. 
Amen. And so this, but this is the war that's going on in our culture and saying that somehow that's normal and that is the way that we're teaching our children that it's okay and it's the way that it should be and, and that love is love. And how many know God is love and God has a design that's love and His love is real love. Amen. But you know, there, there, there is a principle that when you have a lower uh, morality, it always leads to higher mortality rate. I mean, it's always damaging. It's always negative. It's, it's just not good. How many can raise your hand and say, it's just not good, right? But you know, if we raise the standards in our lives and we teach the standards, you know, one of the things I understand, it's not that we're going to be street-wise or church-wise or Christian-wise. We're going to be God-wise. There's a God consciousness, there's a God wisdom that comes into our lives when we begin to raise His standards and teach His standards. Don't be ashamed of the standard of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the standard of the Bible. You know, when you're witnessing to people, one of the things you need to promote is the standard of Scriptures. Now, they may call it hate speech, but when you do it in love, come on, you're doing it God's way. That's the way Jesus presented it, and they still hated it. You know, there's just some things, it doesn't matter whether you put it in cherries or whipped cream on top, people aren't going to like it. Amen? But come on, we don't come at people in anger. We don't come at people in condemnation. We come at people with love and the truth. Is that alright? Amen? Because the Bible says the truth will set you free. Amen? It's the truth of God's Word and His way and His design that brings liberty and freedom. Not rebellion against it. Not an opposite way of it. Amen? But how many know it's God's way that brings true freedom? And so our culture promotes a father absent. Uh, being absent. Uh, you know, a quote that I always loved that someone said, it said, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. Amen. So we've got to do that. The other thing that they teach and our culture is, is pushing and the war that's in our culture is a father inactive. So there, there are a lot of children and a lot of parents and a lot of people that, that have uh, fathers. They're in the home, but they're emotionally distant. They're rarely present. They, they're detached from the family. And, and that, that means that they're still living in a fatherless home. Right? That's what that means. So just because we understand just because you do have a father present or a dad present or a man present doesn't necessarily mean that he is active or he is a father in the sense of the, what he does. And there's men that are at home, but they're not involved. There's men that are procreators, but they're not fathers. There's men who, who are in the home, but they act homeless. They just come to work, then go to the bar, and they do this or do their own thing, and they're out. Come on. They act homeless. And so what the, our, our culture promotes is a father to be inactive. So, so you don't even need him anymore. That he can just kind of live there or sleep there. And then he just can do his own thing and live his own life. But how many know we need father-filled homes? Right? And we need father-filled homes. And, you know, a dads who rule by fear and rule by command and rule by respect. It's funny because I've seen those same dads try to relate to their kids by age, by style, and culture. It doesn't work, does it? No, it actually brings confusion in the minds of your kids, eventually rebellion. You know, one of the statistics I saw is that 43% of fathers do not see their role as something that is important to their personal identity. In fact, 54% of fathers in the, in, our, in the States said that parenting isn't an enjoyable all the time. They really don't really like it all the time. I mean, there's an issue there. Because if he's active in people's lives, then he's not selfish. The more selfless he is, the more successful he is, or the more satisfied he is. And so we know that. And the third thing I see that our culture is warring uh, against the family is a father replaced. Uh, 
canceling the words man, men, dad, fathers, um, by terms like co-parent and second biological parent, these kind of terms. How many know you can't cancel a father? You're never, ever going to cancel a male. You're just not going to do it. And the role of a male and the role of a father that God called us to do. In fact, there's a trending movement right now and in the organization that's becoming a movement. And in one of their, uh, you know, one of their uh, statements, we would, call them, we would call them core values. One of the things that they state in, uh, right on their website is, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure required by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. How many know God has a different agenda? How many, that's not going to work. That really is a disruption in the family. And how many know if you disrupt our family structure in our nation, you will destroy our nation. And it will rot from the inside out. Amen. And I don't know if you, I hope you don't support that movement or that, that organization, but it's, it's horrible because what we're doing is we're saying that there's another way. There's another way that rebels against God and there's another way that you can live your life and be happy. But how many know in the long run we find out there's not another way because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And how many know a father cannot be replaced? You can't just replace a father that easy. You can't replace a father by another mother or, or another woman or several other people. You can't do it. And I understand the, the idea of, of support. I believe that the idea of support started with discipleship. Jesus taught us about discipleship, taught us about support a long, long time ago. How many know each one of us need a support group? Each one of us need people in our lives that are willing to pray for us and encourage us and build us up and coach us and mentor us. Come on, somebody. Every one of us. How many know that's discipleship? Jesus knew that a long time ago. Amen. We're just catching on right now. But how many know your neighbors can't raise your children? Society can't raise your children. The government is horrible raising your children. God already put a, a structure in place. He already, put a, he already designed something in place. It's called a mother and a father. It's called a good dad. Amen. And I know and I realize there's so many people that don't have that, but how many know the gospel wants to bring remedy to that, not encourage that? And the church is going to do that. How many believe River Valley Mission, the Job and Life Skills Program, is going to break the cycles of destruction in the family? Man, they're going to break these destructive cycles in our culture that says that you don't need a dad. No, we're going to say you need a dad and you can be a good dad and God wants to restore a father-filled home. Amen. And so we see this in our culture. And in fact, you know, our, our assistance programs and some of our government programs allows women to marry the government and men to abandon the responsibilities. I mean, you know, that's not healthy, is it? I believe in assistance. I believe in but they're not to support you. They're not to be your only source and your only resource. They're only to assist until you can support yourself. Amen. And so God wants to give people the wisdom to do that. And that's what the church is going to do. Amen. That's what we're going to do. Help people discover. Amen. You know, when, when you don't have that, there's something about when you allow other people to, to provide for you and it's a synthetic provision that God really didn't lay out in that sense. Amen. When you go that route, there's just something unsatisfying about it. Just something not complete about it. And God wants, and there's something demoralizing about it, and dehumanize, dehumanize, sorry, dehumanizing about it. And I believe that the gospel restores those things. 
And when we do it God's way, He restores the, the sense of value and the sense of honor and respect and dignity as a human being. Amen. And so we need fathers, don't we? You know, 53% of Americans were also polled two years ago and said that mothers do a better job at parenting than fathers. But how many know when fathers really become true, true men of God, true, true, true men, amen, they do just as good as job. Amen. Just as good as job. Amen. And so I'm thankful for that. Let me just talk to you today a little bit about fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. And again, this isn't out of condemnation or blaming and pointing the finger. It's necessarily just knowledge and truth. And so I, I've, I've done some research and I went through, some, I went through the, C, uh, the CDC and, and there's also the National uh, Public Radio and, and the Bureau of um, Justice Statistics, also the Texas Department of Corrections and the uh, U.S. Department of Justice, some of these statistics about fatherless homes. There's about 25 million children in the United States that live in a home where their biological father is not present. So that really kind of means that one in three children in the United States are not having access to their father. A study of 1.3 million infants in Florida alone found that the mortality rate for infants within the first 28 days of life is four times higher than those with absent fathers. The poverty rate for kids is over four times higher. The individuals uh, are 279% uh, more likely to carry guns and drugs, deal drugs, if they don't have a father in their home. The number of children with an incarcerated father is growing. According to the Bureau of Justice, it's just absolutely astronomical. Um, the number of fathers who are in prison. In fact, 92% of the parents who are currently in prison are fathers. And so we see these, these things growing. We see these things happening as a result of a fatherless home. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. 85%. These, this is also a significant lower of educational success. Children are twice as likely to drop out of school before graduation. Nearly half of all public assistance in Section 8 housing are female-headed households. That's like 49%. Children have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity. Teen girls are four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20 without a dad in the home. 75% of rapists are motivated by a displaced anger that is associated with feelings of abandonment that involves their father. 75% of adolescent substance abuse patients say it is, uh, their father that wasn't in the home is a contributing factor to their substance abuse. These are adolescent Patients. These aren't adults. These are teenagers. 85% of all children which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder have a fatherless home. 90% of youth in the United States who decide to run away from home or become homeless are without a father. 63% of youth suicides involved a child living in a fatherless home when they made their final decision. And 40% of children today in the United States are born to mothers who are not married. How many know we need father-filled homes? There's a need here. And so this is the fatherless home. These are the issues that we need. And we need to, to really say, God, how can I, as, as, a, as a father, do something about this in our culture and our society? Well, I believe there's two ways. Number one, be a father that's at home. Be a father that's present. So a father-filled home. I'm going to go over just two things. A father-filled home and a faith-filled home. So a father-filled home is a father present. And he's not just a father present, he's a father active. And he's not just a father active, he's a father leading. 
And that's what it means to be a true father. That's what God teaches us. It's not that it's impossible. How many know it's not impossible to be a good dad? It's not impossible. It may take some work and it may take some adjustments and it will take some time, but it's not impossible to be a father at home. Amen. A father-filled home. You know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, and it says it also in Proverbs, listen to the instructions of your father. How many know you need a father that's present to give you the instructions? And so a a father-filled home has instructions about life and about work and about relationships and about, you know, he's not just, well, your mother, I'm just, I'm out, you know, I'm working, she can handle that. No, he's involved. He's active. Is this all right? Amen? Involved fathers. You're involved in your family. You're involved in your children's life. You're involved in the finances. You're involved in your wife's life and everything. You're just completely active and involved in your home. You are not a a side issue. You're not a pawn. You're not just a prop. You're not somebody that just brings home the money. You're not somebody that's just... You might not have a big education. You may just be a guy that goes to work all the time. But you still have a responsibility to be present at home. Amen? And so this is what the Lord challenges us is to be a father-filled homes. To have father-filled homes. See, dads make it fun. Dads don't make it foolish or they don't make it frustrating. They make it fun. They make it enjoyable. They make life. Now, your dad might have been the type of dad that he was all business. No pleasure. I mean, he was work. He was all whatever. But, you know, that's good to be that way. That's good to teach your children work. I want to talk to you a couple weeks about work. I mean, no, we need to learn to work. Two people. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's one of the biggest complaints I've heard from employers. Amen. But we, this is what we do, and we teach our children about life, and we teach them about relationships and responsibilities. You know, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. Kids do not remember their best day of television. They'll remember their best days with their parents, with dad, with whatever. How many are here today? Because you can say, my dad took me fishing. My dad took me hunting. My dad took us camping. My dad, we went on trips together. My dad took me to work. My ga- dad let me, come on. Some of you are here and you said, my, my dad did that. And so how many know are thankful that your dad was, was in your life? He was present in your life. And, and again, he might not have been perfect, but man, he was present. And thank God for that. And so as fathers today, have your goal to be present in your home. Let your home be father-filled. You know, because your home can be either a safe zone or a war zone. You know, a safe zone, there's prosperity, but a war zone, there's casualties. I mean, no, you need to have your home. It's a safe zone. Let your home be a safe zone. You know, when you come home, maybe you work all week. Maybe you're away from home two or three days out of the week. Maybe, you, you know, you're, you're on the road or you're doing whatever and you come home and, and, and sometimes it's just to rest and sometimes it's just to see your wife or whatever. But how many know you take time with your kids and you, come on, you have to deal with some things and get some work done around the house. But, you know, by all means, you know, do something that they remember. Make your house a safe zone. Work on that. Work with your wife. And, and, and if you're single dad, work, work at making it a safe zone, not a war zone. Amen? Amen. Some of you grew up in a war zone. <laughs> Wasn't too good, was it? But aren't you glad that you can be determined by God's grace? I'm going to make my home a safe zone. My, when I grew up, it wasn't. But, but now that I'm on this side, I'm going to start. Amen. And I'm going to have an impact in generations to come. Amen. And so I want to encourage you today as fathers, be around be available, and be aware. I mean, that's easy, isn't it? We can remember that. 
I like pictures in my instructions. Well, that's a good picture right there. So be around, be available, and be aware. <clears throat> I mean, I, I put something together recently, and, and my son and I, we just look at the pictures. And my wife starts to read the fine print. You know, so that's just the way we roll. Anyways, but you know, someone said that children are great imitators. Give them something great to imitate. Amen. Have a father-filled home. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. I'm moving along here quickly. But Proverbs 14, 26, it says, Reverence for God gives a man deep strength, and his children have a place of refuge and security. How many know when you do it God's way, children find safety? There's something safe about being at home. Something safe about being around your father. You know, as dads, one of the things I would encourage, uh, you know, especially fathers with teenagers, create an atmosphere where your kids feel they can come talk to you, even, even about their failures. I mean, some of you are afraid to talk to your parents about, I failed, I did this, I did that. I, you know, and, but you need to create a, a, an atmosphere in your home that they can come and talk to you about their failures because, you know, you're, you're going to teach them to turn their failure into a success God's way. You're going to teach them not to hide anything and be insecure about some certain things, but to be a man about it, to be a, a woman about it, and teach your kids to, you know, even if they fail. And so I think that's a safe zone, isn't it? That's a good thing. And the Bible says that a godly man or a godly father, his children find refuge and security. That's a good goal, isn't it? And i got one more point, but I want to leave you just on this last point with nine things that your kids need to know and won't tell you. You ready? Nine things your kids need, but they won't tell you. I think, number one, they need your marriage to take priority over them. Let your marriage take priority over them. Number two, to see you live out your faith, not just talk about it. Number three, a life without constant correct or connection to technology. How many of kids need to see that? That you're not constantly connected to technology. Encourage them more than you correct them. Encourage them. Build them up more than you correct them. How many know children need discipline? Children need correction. But they also need encouragement. Amen. Is that right? Yes, they do. Amen. And so one of the other things, and number five, to know life isn't fair. Teach them that life isn't fair. Amen. And how to deal with unfair situations. Number six, to say no and protect their boundaries. Number seven, help them become the man or woman they they were created to be, not who you want them to be or who society says they should be. Talk about sex and other hard topics early and often. And number nine, pray for them, pray with them, and pray over them. And my last point today is a faith-filled home. Go back to our text in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. He said, as for me, the very first thing he said is, as for me, a man. As for me, the father. As for me, the dad. As for me... The male, come on, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, Joshua would never say, well, my, my wife's going to take the kids and they're going to serve the Lord. No, he said, as for me in my house, my household, everybody that's under my roof, whether they're neighbor's kids, whoever they are, I don't care who they are, whoever's in my house, we're serving the Lord. Amen? Whether you're there by, through, through, through a marriage, whether you're there through a fostering or adoption, it doesn't matter. We're going to serve the Lord. He said, as for me and my household, my family, what, what, a, what a resolve. 
What a powerful statement as a father to say in front of everybody else and declare in an open statement that as for me, first of all, me. How many know men take the lead and take responsibility? As for me, as for me, amen, this is my resolve. I'm going to serve the Lord and my family's coming with me. And so he said this, and I love that about Joshua, because Joshua was out fighting you know, all these giants and all these walled cities, but his whole heart and priority was about his family serving God. Amen. You know, statistics tell us, I believe it was off ChristianLeaders.com, tell us that 3.5% family gets saved if the child gets saved first. Did you know that? 3.5. 17% of the family gets saved if the wife gets saved first. But 93% of the family gets saved if the husband gets saved first. How many know we've got influence? Amen. And God wants us to have father-filled homes so that we can have faith-filled homes. Amen. This is what living it out is all about and having a God, God filling your home and, and having a, a God-centered home. This is what it's all about is, is a faith-filled home. You know, in Psalms 102 or 101 verse 2, it's actually through verse 9. It's powerful. It talks about this father making this declaration about his home. And one of the things he says at the very beginning of verse 2, he says, I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, Lord, especially in my own home where I long to act as I should. And he makes a declaration that I'm not going to allow myself to view anything that's vulgar or allow things to come in my home or allow people to come in my home or are dishonest. And I'm going to protect and guard my community. I mean, this is resolve of this man that said this. David said this in Psalms 101. This is a faith-filled home. This is a man making a declaration. said, you know what? I may not be the, the most uh, knowledgeable Christian or the strongest believer in my church, but one of the things I do is I have a strong resolve about my family and my home. I'm going to have a faith-filled home. You may not be the most talented, most gifted. I don't, I don't know what your story is, but you may not be the, the richest. or what, It doesn't matter, but you have this resolve as a father that my house is going to serve the Lord and I'm going to try to walk a blameless path as much as I can. I'm going to do my part. Isn't that a good resolve? Amen. See, because your house is a reflection of who you are. That's really what it's about. That's what it comes down to is your home is a reflection of you as a person and who you are. In Galatians 2.20, we hear that famous passage of Scripture. He said, as Paul said, it's no longer I that lives. But, and then he goes on and he says that, uh, that it's Christ in me and that I live that crucified life. How many know what he, that, that famous verse? And he, he goes on to say this and he says, and the, the life that I now live. And in one translation it says, my real life, the real person that I am. I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. And he said, the life I now live, or my real life. This is told by who I am at home. This is my real life. This is me. Paul's making this declaration. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not pretending to be anybody. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm being speaking as this man and saying that my real life, amen, is in Christ. My real life is in the faith of Jesus Christ. My faith in Jesus Christ, amen. And so I believe that today, amen, that we need to have this goal and say, Lord, I want my home to be faith-filled. I want my home to be full of faith, full of God. And let me just give you three keys in closing, and that is let your home be filled with God or the Holy Ghost. Let it be filled with spiritual things, the things of God. Let your home be filled with faith or faithfulness, committed to God, committed to His principles, faith in adversity, strength in adversity. And let your, let your home be filled with love. You're not, you're not just trying to feel love. You're growing in it. 
grow in the love that God has. And, and come on, and grow in the love of Jesus in your home. So let your home be filled with God, filled with faith, and filled with love. And let your home be Father-filled, most importantly. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. <laughs> you know, we said it before, but you don't have to be a perfect dad. Just be a present dad. You know, one of the things that are on my heart is that today is that as I, I got thinking about, of course, Father's Day, and we typically reflect on God, our Father. I'm going to Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to show us the Father. And you know, the Bible says in the Old Testament that He is a Father to the fatherless. And so many people in our generation, more than ever before, are fatherless. But aren't you glad that God is a Father to the fatherless? And you have the message of the Father. You know the Father. You have the hope, amen, of the Father. To carry this message to the fatherless, to those who are experiencing a fatherless life. But I want to thank the Lord today that there's so many men that I've seen recently just step up to, on the plate and say, you know what, I'm going to be a foster father. I'm going to, be a, I'm going to adopt. I'm going to, I'm going to be a great stepdad. I'm going, to, I'm going to do everything I can to be a strong father. That really encourages me. Encourage you? That encourages me. Amen. But how many know God is doing a work in our city that we can see the fatherless homes because the father filled? Come on, somebody. Amen. Is that our goal? Is that our aim in our nation? Amen. That our homes will be father-filled. Amen. That teenagers don't have to experience brokenness and, and early pregnancy and out, out of wedlock and all these things and drug addiction and everything simply because there's nobody at home that should be home. I believe that God is bringing in just a wave, a wave, a wave of men into the kingdom like never before who say, I'm going to be a father and I'm going to have a father filled home can you say amen how many can lift your hands to heaven and say can we pray for just the fathers in this room today can we just pray and say Lord strengthen all the fathers strengthen them Lord no matter what what role they're playing what capacity they're in I pray that you would strengthen them today Lord I thank you for these fathers today these these people there's really men that have decided to be fathers we were dads, you know, by, but, but by choice we're fathers. We want to father our children. We want to father other people. And if, if we don't have uh, children at home, we're fathering other people. Lord, I pray for them today. I pray for strength. I pray for your grace to enable them to walk in that fatherhood, to walk in all that you've, Lord, really called them to be, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord, identity as a father, a strong father, confident in the Lord. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, all around us it may be crumbling, but we're standing on your principles today and allowing the world to see the light, allowing the world to taste the salt, allowing the world to see, amen, the example of Jesus in us, Lord, in our homes. And I thank you for that, all that are making that declaration today that I want to have a Father-filled home and a faith-filled home today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, all over this city, you're doing a work right now. It's not coming. It's happening right now. Lord, where homes are opening up, you're bringing healing. You're bringing restoration, Lord. People are coming back to the original intent, the original design, the original nature, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. You are saving. You are healing. You are delivering people. And I thank you, Lord, it's only going to get better. Only more people are coming in. Only more people are going to get saved. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name, that we're going to have, Father, filled homes in this community, in this region, Lord, like never before. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a cheer today? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for doing a work in our homes. Amen. Well, on that note, I couldn't leave on a better note, but outside they're preparing root beer floats. What better way to experience Father's Day? And, and if you don't do that, there's water, okay, out there. I'm sure they have water out there or whatever. But amen, we're going to go out. And there's also a place there where you can just take pictures with your dad and your father or whatever uh, on the side of the building there. You can take pictures. And uh, God bless you. Encourage somebody as you leave today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.